I have a hard question for you. As you heard these words from St. Paul, what most grabbed you by the lapels? Now, I'm not talking about when you read this before Mass a couple days ago to get ready for Mass. I mean right here, right now. When you heard those words so ringingly proclaimed, what words grabbed your attention? Well, here's what hit me. I preach the gospel for an obligation has been imposed on me. And woe to me if I do not preach it. And you might say, not it. Good luck with that, Father. I hope it turns out okay for you. To which I respond, not so fast. Not so fast. God doesn't let anyone off the hook that easily. It's true. Preaching has a variety of senses. And one sense is what I'm doing now. Liturgical preaching at Mass at the pulpit. Preaching the gospel with authority. That's exclusively the work of bishops, priests, and deacons, and nobody else. But there is another form of preaching the gospel. Proclaiming the truth of Christ. Bearing witness not only by our words, but by our good example. And that is everyone's job. By virtue of your baptism. And God is watching And God is keeping score. Now, how did I get this obligation imposed on me? Well, a man receives the the mission to preach the gospel of authority when he is ordained a deacon. After the bishop lays hands on the deacon and makes him a deacon by the power of the Holy Spirit, the man kneels before the bishop again, and the bishop puts the book of the Gospels into his hand and says these words, Receive the Gospels of Christ, whose herald you now are. Believe what you read. Teach what you believe. Practice what you teach. That's the obligation that was imposed on me and on Deacon Alex. Now usually what happens is the bishop puts the book of the Gospels in the deacon's hands and then takes it away. But the bishop who ordained me picked it up by the top corners and then he let go so I could feel the weight of the Gospel fall into my hands. That kind of experience leaves a mark on a man. So when St. Paul says, not only to me, but to you, when St. Paul says, an obligation has been posed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, so that at my particular judgment, when Bob McTague from Newark, New Jersey, that miserable sinner, goes before God Almighty, Christ the King will ask him, did you preach the gospel? Did you preach the word the way I taught it to you? And did you have the good sense to say hard things? I hope to have good answers to those questions. And that's why today it is my job, an obligation imposed on me by Christ, to say some hard things. Nothing personal can we agree we're not going to shoot the messenger. If you don't like the message, take it up with St. Paul and our Lord. But I have an obligation So let's jump ahead, knowing that all of us have the obligation to preach the gospel, regardless of our state of life. Let's listen to the gospel of Mark. Our Lord has been a sensation. He's healing people. He's driving out demons, curing diseases. It's exciting. He goes out early in the morning to the desert to pray by himself. And people go out looking for him and say, everyone is looking for you. 
Everyone is looking for you. Here's the first hard question. Is that true? Is that true? That can't possibly be true of the world we live in. All we got to do is look at the window, look at the headlines, and look at all the various kinds of crazy. Look at all the misery and the suicide and the hatred. And we know it is not true that everyone is looking for Christ. You know who else is not looking for Christ these days? Here's another hard part. Most Catholics are not looking for Christ. Why do I say that? Because of the baptized nowadays, only 23% go to Mass once a month. Of those 23%, almost none go to confession once a year. And of those 23%, only two-thirds believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And for decades now, the number of Catholic funerals have been going up, and the number of Catholic baptisms, First Communions, Confirmations, and weddings have been going down. So it's not true that everyone is looking for Christ. It's not even true that most baptized Catholics are looking for Christ. And what about us? What about us? Who among us can stand before Christ and say, Lord, everyone is looking for you, especially me. And I know I look for you because I look for you in prayer at the same time every day. Who among us can say, Lord, everyone is looking for you, especially me. I look for you in your word. And that's why at the same time every day I unplug everything and sit with the scriptures. Who among us can say, Lord, everyone is looking for you, especially me. And that's why at the same time every day I sit down with the catechism for half an hour. Who among us can say, Lord, everyone is looking for you, especially me, because at the same time every day I pray the rosary. I want to ask for a show of hands. I'll just ask some more hard questions. Who among us can say, Lord, St. Augustine was right when he wrote, You made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. And not only is everyone else miserable without you, so am I. So I'm giving up business as usual for Lent, and I'm going to turn my life upside down, and I'm going to be like Jacob wrestling with the angel, and I will not let go until I receive a blessing. If I had a sign-up list for that prayer, I wonder how many people rushing out the door after Mass would stop and sign that. Don't worry, I don't have pen and paper. I want to raise another hard issue. Our children, they really do pay attention. It doesn't look like it, because their brains haven't finished baking yet, but they pay attention. They see everything we do. They hear everything we say, and they see everything we don't do, and they notice everything we don't say. So let's go back to the 67% of the baptized who don't go to church more than once a month. Let's go to the young people who have given up on the faith on average by the time they're 17. Let's go to all those people, young and old, but especially young, 
who've given up on God, who think that worship is not an essential service, who think they can live happily ever after without Christ. Here's the hard question. Where did they learn that from? Where did they learn, where did they get the idea that you can give up on Christ and live happily ever after? Did they learn that from parents whom they saw pray the rosary every day? Did they learn giving up on Christ from parents whom they observed go to confession every two weeks? Did they learn that from parents who proudly filled their home with Catholic art and had Father come and bless their home every year? Did people learn to give up on Christ from observing parents who prepared for Mass on Thursday, studying the scriptures, who came to church early with a pen and paper in hand, and then who stayed late on their knees, sobbing in gratitude? Did young people learn to give up on Christ from those parents? I don't think so. They learned it from, you know, somebody else. From somebody else. And then there are the people in between. They've kind of quiet quit on God. They have this idea in their head, all right, I don't want to go to hell, that's bad. And I need anti-hell insurance. And apparently, if you show up and agree to be bored for 39 minutes while a man in a polyester dress yells at you, and you threw a couple of bucks in God's tip jar, and then you put out one hand to get the thing so you can run out the door, then God owes you heaven. So people quiet quit on God the way some people give up on their marriages. They stay together, but they don't cry. Merely showing up on Sunday, arriving late, unprepared, not fasting, not in a state of grace, dressed like the gym, and then running out past Father into the parking lot before Father gets outside, that's not the way to win heaven, and it's not to help your children to become saints. So God's going to ask me questions. Did you preach the gospel? Did you preach honestly? Did you preach the hard word when no one wanted to hear it? I'm writing this date down, by the way, so I can bring it up to him if the question comes up. And he's going to ask other people, did you proclaim the gospel in your family so well that people wanted to be saints? Did you really think that following your example your children could become saints. These are very hard questions. We'd rather think about other things. The Super Bowl is next week. Let's focus on that. No, because we're all running out of time and into eternity, and God's going to ask harder questions than I ever could. And in God's providence, Lent is right around the corner. It's a time of repentance, of conversion, It's a time of crying out to God and say, I don't want to live like this anymore, and I want my children to live better than me. So we have some hard choices to make. So on this rainy day of Sabbath rest, sit alone, pray, and ask yourself, can I run to the Lord and say, everyone is looking for you, especially me? And then act accordingly. May God's holy name be praised now and forever.